The scene that day at the cross was overwhelming for a lot of reasons. One, it was something nobody ever dreamed would happen on that day. Second, all the trials that had happened had probably caused quite a stir among the people. There had been three Roman trials, there had been three Jewish trials that had led to this point, and now you have three men up on the cross, two that everybody knows should be there, and one that people are really scratching their heads. How did it come to this? Because just the week before, they had been waving palm branches, singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and now on Friday, he's hanging there in the middle there are lots of people there watching. There are a lot of people taking in the scene. The Roman soldiers we know were there at the cross. There's record of them. And in fact, one of their responses, they had been gambling for his garments. So you got to think this, this man that had been stripped of everything, now at the, at the base of the cross, there's, there's a little dice being rolled. There's a little, there's a little uh, money being wagered down there to, to get his garments. Just feels weird. You've heard him utter the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and people are trying to take in what did that mean what did that forgiveness mean who was that forgiveness extended for was it extended to the people that were his followers or was it extended to the romans that were there or to the jewish leaders and people are wrestling with everything that he's saying and now he's looking at a at a thief on one side who's yelling, well, if you are really who you say you are, save yourself and save us. And then the thief on the other side hears the words today, you'll be with me in paradise. And you can imagine if you were at the foot of the cross that day, if you were there on that hillside that day, you don't know what to do with this moment. You don't know how to, how to take all this in. But can you imagine being Jesus' mom that day? Your mind, Mary's mind, went back to when she was betrothed to Joseph and an angel appeared to her and told her that she was going to be with child. And it wasn't going to be Joseph's child. This was going to be a, a holy child that was going to be born. You know her mind recollected what the journey was as she went to this little town called Bethlehem and there was no room and they put her out in the, the little, little troughs out behind it, little sheds out behind it and she had a baby and the first visitors weren't uh, the royalty or the kings to visit this savior. The first visitors were shepherds. You know, as she looked with Jesus, looked at Jesus up on that cross, she remembered those moments. She remembered a couple years later when the wise men showed up and they brought the most odd gift. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh was an embalming fluid. And you know, her mind went, he really did come to die. But then you go into the parenting mode and 
She parents Jesus, and at the age of 12, he disappears, and they can't find him, and they find him teaching the rabbis, and they find him articulating things to people that should know more than him, and he knows more than them, and it was a little glimpse, it was a little picture that he wasn't just a normal child, that there was something different about him. And then from 12 to 30, we find them living in anonymity. Mary was his earthly mom, and Joseph was his earthly dad, and Jesus learned the trade of carpentry under his father. But you know her mind remembered that first miracle that he did when he turned water into wine at that wedding, and it ushered in this ministry. And now he is hanging on a tree about six to eight feet above her, and she wonders how it came to this. Nobody loves like a mama. Nobody loves like a mama. And this mom is standing there watching her son. And Jesus, in the middle of excruciating pain, has some words for his mom. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, this morning. Turn to the book of John. John chapter 19 is where we're going to be. You go over the New Testament, flip over uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It'll be the fourth book of the New Testament. John, we'll go over to chapter 19 where John, the disciple, captures the words of this cross. In fact, of all the ones there that day, he's the only one that captures the story. And I'm so glad he did. Would y'all stand with me today as we read God's word together? John chapter 19. Man, if you miss the moment, you miss the story. If you miss the incredible depth of the moment, the story's just a story, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, those were some of Jesus' last words on the cross. But the power of the story is so much bigger, and it really does have something to say to us. Here we go. John chapter 19, we'll begin reading in verse number 25. But standing by the cross of Jesus. Now, time out real quick. We have an image that that cross was 20 feet off the ground. Most scholars of the day think that cross was six to eight feet off the ground. So it's not like you're gazing up at somebody. It's like you're looking at them. They are in front of you. And this, just isn't, this isn't just anybody in front of her. This is her son who she's raised for 33 years on that cross in front of her. And he's not up there fully clothed. His garments are gone. We know that before he even got there, he had begun to die because he had lost so much blood from the scourging. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mom and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So we know that those Marys were there. They think that maybe four to six ladies were there. Why were they able to get so close to the cross? And I'll tell you why they were able to get get so close is because women during that day were like chattel. I mean, they didn't think anything about them. They were of no fear. They were the lowest rung of society. And this mom, Mary, Jesus' mom, was most likely a widow at this point. There is no mention of Joseph the father at any point in this part of 
Jesus's life. They think, most people think that Mary had been on her own now for a while as a widow. And so widows were the bottom rung. You had shepherds and then you had ladies and especially widows. So they're there close. None of the disciples but John were there. Now, not to give these guys too hard a time, they probably would have been arrested if they'd have been there. They would have probably been imprisoned by the Romans or the Jewish leaders because they were so afraid of them. All right, pick up the story here. When Jesus, what's the next word? When Jesus, what does it say next? This isn't a normal saw. This is a locking of eyes. When Jesus saw his mom in the crowd and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. So interesting, everybody look at me, interesting little part of the story. Jesus wasn't saying, woman, behold me. He was saying, Mom, John is going to now take care of you. It's interesting. His first three words on the cross had nothing to do with him. Father, forgive them was for us and the people there. Today you'll be with me in paradise was to the thief who had nothing to offer him. And then his next words were to his mom saying, Mom, behold your son. Mother was a term of endearment, but yet it wasn't a mommy term. It was a, I am passing the baton of care on to John. And we'll talk about that more here in a second. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. In the middle of all this pain, in the middle of all the suffering, in the middle of all the angst that was happening, Jesus remembered what mattered most. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing right now, would you just ask the Lord to show you today how love wins the day? Would you? Just say, God, would you show me today how love wins the day? <clears throat> Father, today we ask you to enter this moment. God, I believe that this is a sacred time. Would you ask that he speak to you? Father, we give ourselves to you. Walk with us, teach us, show us what you want us to know. And Father, we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. For those of you I've never met before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star on this Time Change Sunday. I want you all to know, all right? Everybody look to your left, look to your right. These are your brethren who couldn't sleep in either. All right, you tried, right? We're all old. We, we tried to get in. I love this story. I love this story because I love the story of Jesus' mom. Um, how many of you, when you think about your mom, it just makes you feel good? Raise your hand. That's you. I know not everybody had a great earthly mom. I had a great earthly mom. 
a great, nobody, can we get an amen on this? Nobody loves like a mama. Can we agree with that? I mean, you want, you want to see somebody pull out a knife on you, hurt their kid, all right? And so mamas, mamas get tough now. I remember, you know, my mom was a, my mom was a character. She um, never met a stranger. She never, there was never anybody that she ever met that she, she had a, a, a philosophy of life. You either hug it or dust it, right? And so she was going to hug you if you came in. It didn't matter if she was in the bank or in the, in the, in the grocery store, she was going to hug you. Mom was a, she was an incredible lady. And I remember when she got sick there at the end, we, um, she'd gone in hospice. And I remember it was the last, our last conversation. I remember it so vividly. Driving down to Southwest Hospice, my brother had been down all day. My sister couldn't get off work. She was coming down that night. And so my brother had been down all day. And I told him I'd be down there between two and three. And I remember pulling up in Union City. And the day before, she'd been great, sitting up eating and talking. But today, David had said she was starting to sleep a lot. And we knew, you know, we knew what that meant. And so I remember pulling up at hospice and I remember walking walking in the room. This was probably my favorite part of the conversation. I walked in the room and my brother David, so David's 11 years older than me. My brother David said, mom, your favorite son's here. She said, is Mike here? And I thought, that's what I needed, right? And so that's what I'm talking about. David was like, mom, that's very hurtful. She goes, well, you know. And so anyways, we, we're, 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 David and I are sitting there. And what I remember about the conversation was moms never stop caring about the needs of their kids. Here's mom who has nothing to offer us. And I remember she had these, these piercing eyes that I saw so many times that would just call you out, right? She could look across an auditorium and you're crawling under a chair. And I remember mom's eyes looking at David and I, and she says, I can't believe the two of you are here on a work day. She said, both of you are going to lose your jobs. And I want you to know, if you end up in the poorhouse, it's not my fault. All right, that's what my mom said to us. And I remember that so vividly because even there at the end, those are the last, the last things she said to the two of us together. Moms never stopped caring. Do you think Mary really stopped caring that day? It doesn't matter if your child's 33 or 3. They're still your child, Right? So we've, we've learned a lesson about parenting. It doesn't matter if they're 25 or 5, you're always paying. All right, we have learned that, right? We've, we've learned that lesson. Well, a mom never stops caring. You can't get the story if you don't get that moment. Mary and Jesus, everybody else has disappeared from the story when he locks eyes with Mary. It doesn't matter who else is there. There's soldiers. There's Jewish leaders. There's all the periphery of people. But at this moment, when he looks down that day, he sees Mary. And this ensuing conversation has ripples into our lives about how love always wins and love always does. First lesson we learn is this, principle number one. Four ways love does, love always demands personal sacrifice, always. You know, when Jesus was growing up, Mary had probably sacrificed for him so many times. The extra mile things, the things that moms always do. It's just almost instinctful for a mom. They just do it. But this sacrifice is a little different. This sacrifice is going to be his sacrifice 
for his mom. Look at what it says, John 19, 25. It'll appear on the screen. The cross of Jesus. See, Jesus was sacrificing that day for the sins of the world. I want you to write this down under number one because it's super important. But Jesus was dying that day for his mom as well. Mary was not sinless, and I don't know everybody's history of faith, but Scripture never teaches, we don't believe, that Mary was sinless. Mary was a normal girl who was chosen to do amazing things. It's an amazing lady. She wasn't perfect, though. And that day on the cross, he sacrificed for his mom. Love always demands personal sacrifice. We can say we love people, but if we're not willing to sacrifice for them, we don't love them, right? I mean, that's, that's just the fact. We can say we love our community, but if we aren't willing to personally sacrifice for the needs of others, we really don't love. Jesus knew that that day on the cross, she was going to feel the depth of his love, not by what he could physically go do for her in this moment, but for doing something she she didn't even understand in the moment. I don't think Mary sat there and went, wow, this is the completion of what he came to do. I don't think that. I think Mary was probably caught up in the moment like everybody else was caught up in the moment. She could remember what the angel told her when he told her that she was going to be carrying the Savior. But understanding it's a whole different thing. Love always demands personal sacrifice. If we are going to love in a marriage, with our children, in, in people that we know don't know the Lord, it always demands personal sacrifice. How many of you would say that you know somebody that doesn't know the Lord? Raise your hand. If you know somebody, all right, I, I can raise my hand easy on that. You know what it demands of us? Personal sacrifice. To show them, not to say, hey, come with them to church. But when you show your love, that's what Jesus did that day. He showed his love. But look at principle number two. Not only does it demand personal sacrifice, it demands emotional support. This is fascinating to me. It's fascinating. On that cross that day, he has the sins of the world on his shoulders that day. So think about this. Now, normally we're packed house and compass and, and true north on Sundays. Um, but if we, if we said, okay, there's 400 people sitting in the sound of my voice in this room and, and up the hill, there's a couple hundred more on this campus. But on that day, he died for every sin you've ever committed. All right. How many of you have committed a sin before? Raise your hand. How many of you committed so many sins you should have both hands up? All right. And so, yes, I'll go both mine. Just my sin would keep him busy. But that day on the cross, he took on the sins of the world, both prior, current, and future. On that day. And in the middle of that, John captures and standing by the cross was his mother. And he locked eyes with her. There's a huge principle 
being taught here, and the principle is this, that even in the middle of the most excruciating pain a man could experience, remember he was 100% man, 100% God, this man part felt every whip that had beat him. And it felt the nails and it felt the nails in his feet. Yet he knew his mom needed him right then. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's part of the story we just overlook because we go straight from what he did to the resurrection, which is awesome. But this final word was big because he saw his mom and she knew, he knew she needed her son right then. And standing by the cross of Jesus was his mom. And you know why I think John captured this part of the story? I bet you Jesus needed her too. Have you ever had somebody just show up right when you needed them? He needed his mom because nobody makes you believe in you like your mom. And she was there to the bitter end. Oh, I guarantee there's everywhere else in the world she'd rather have been that day. To watch your son go through this. But she was there because she knew that Jesus needed her. She needed him. See, love always demands emotional support. Here's the word I want you to write out beside it. Ready? We'll move on. It's the word presence. Sometimes it's not what we say. Sometimes we're just there. We're just there. There's a crisis and we're there. Mike, I don't know what to say good. Because sometimes when we try to say stuff, we screw it up. Just be there. Love shows by emotional support. Number three, and love shows by focused attention. By focused attention. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he saw them. I want you to circle that word or just write the word under it. I don't think it's in your outline this way. Write the word saw. He saw their pain. See, Jesus was the oldest of his siblings. And the job during that time was for the oldest sibling to care for a widowed mother. That was the job of the oldest sibling. Now, up until this point, well, didn't Jesus have brothers? Well, they did. But we know from the Gospels, none of them believed. They were all unbelievers at this point. They did not believe till after, until after the resurrection. Mike, you're telling me they had a perfect brother growing up and they didn't believe? If you had a perfect brother growing up, would you have believed, right? That'd drive you crazy. How come you don't do as good in science as Jesus? I don't know, Mom. He created it. I don't know. What do you think? All right, and so they have been raised that way. Well, they didn't believe. So Jesus focuses in and knows his mom is going to need a son. And he gives her to John. To love her 
and to care for love always shows by focused attention. Bearing the sins of the world, he still saw that his mom was going to need cared for when he was gone, and his hour was at hand. And finally, number four, love always gives practical help. Love always gives practical help. He said to his mom, said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Most scholars, so there's sort of an agreement there that Mary most likely lived around 12 more years after this time. And John cared for her. So think about this. Yes or no? I'm going to give you your first Bible quiz of the day. All right, here we go. Bible quiz. Was Jesus on the cross securing a home in heaven for Mary? Yes or no? Okay. So her, her spiritual home is now taken care of. I want you to get this. This is huge. But he still cared about her earthly home. Think about that. Yes or no question. Was her eternity now secure with what Jesus was doing for her on the cross? Yes or no? But he knew that she was going to live 12 more years here. And she was going to need to be loved like he loved her. See, on a day that hate trumped everything, love won. Earthly and heavenly love won. On a day when hate was in the air, you could smell it. It was palatable. Love won the day. To the Romans and, the, and, the, and especially the religious leaders of the Jews, they thought they were winning. They were not winning. Jesus is exposing us to a love that mankind's never seen. Number one, he's dying for us on the cross. You and me get in the story here, but he's dying for his mom too. But yet in the middle of all that, he still cared for her. That's crazy. Love wins the day. Love always wins the day. See, I don't, I don't know what your viewpoint of God is is today and how you walked in this room. Maybe your viewpoint of God is he's there and I have a Bible, which I don't really know that well, but I have a Bible, but, but God is very distant from my life, not according to this story. I want everybody to look at me. In this story, when his mind could have been on everything else, it was on the needs of those that he loved. He's taking on the sins of the world. Yet he's making sure his mom's earthly needs are taken care of. Hey, he'll take care of yours too. On a day when the world had walked out on him, he never walks out on his. 
on a day that it would have been easy for him to go, it's all about my needs. His mind was still on others' needs. He had already forgiven. He had already given a thief paradise. And now he's making sure in his final will and testament that John was going to love his mom while she still tarried here on earth. Can I tell you who your God is? He's a God that knows you better than you know yourself. He walks in, listen, when everybody else is walking out. Because He loves you. He loved Mary because she was perfect. He loved Mary because He was her son. She was his mom. He loves you not because you're perfect, but because that day on that cross, love did and love won. Would you pray with me? God, if we could have witnessed it that day, I think we would we would read this account and go you, you just have no idea what happened that day I wonder if this is what's swung the soldier to saying this surely is the son of God because nobody could love like this You may be in one of our rooms this morning and, and you may say, or watch it online, and, and you may say, Mike, I had no idea the Father loved me like that. Oh, he did, and he does. And if that's you here today, could I lead you in a prayer? It's not the words of the prayer, it really is the your heart saying, God, I want a God like that. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, I need you. Would you pray that? I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. Would you pray that? And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior. Welcome to life, my friend. Welcome to life. Maybe in one of our venues this morning and you go, Mike, I, I know the Lord. That's not how I love. I love with strings. But I want to love like he does. I want to love like he loves me. And how he loved his mom. Would you just take a second right where you are this morning and just let the Lord speak to your heart, would you?